this is Tyler Mayne, and you're listening to the Long Box Crusade Network. What's in your long box? The Long Box Crusade presents Action Film Face Off. This episode is 1980 versus 1989. Two films enter, one film leaves. about how hard you can hit it's about how hard you can get hit my friends welcome back and i've been hit hard jared i've been hit hard you're still standing you're still strong <laughs> that's right well you know what else would be standing and strong if you took proper care of it and got it hardbound? your comic collection that is correct sir this episode is sponsored by omaha bound entertainment your best choice for hardbinding special comics in your collection doesn't just have to be comics you're a magazine nut, they can hardbind that too. If it can be hardbound, they can do it. They do a great job. They do high quality binding. They do custom cover designs. They do the works. They are amazing. That's omahabound.com. Check them out today, especially if you want to be like me. And you know how I am? You're so fancy. Correct. I'm so fancy. You already know. I'm so fancy. Because I have some awesome, awesome collected comic book editions that have been bound by Omaha Bound. Please check them out. OmahaBound.com. Today, they are the reason we can bring you action film face-off. Speaking of which, (laughs) I'm all amped up, Jason. (laughs) You are amped up. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Welcome to Action Film Face-Off. The show where two random ears are selected. My brother will bring an action film from one random ear. I will bring an action film from the other random ear. Then those two films will do battle using a variety of criteria. And a champion will be crowned by the end of this episode. Let me introduce you to your co-host, my brother, a U.S. Army combat veteran of Kosovo and Iraq, Jason Weasel Yes, sir. We are going to score each of today's films on a scale of 1 to 10 in five categories. Those categories are story, overall spectacle, best action scene, the hero, and the villain. It's still not in that order, but we do that intentionally just to keep you sharp, to make sure that you can keep up. Keep your head on a swivel. <laughs> Keep your head on a swivel. You don't know what direction these are going to come from. At any rate, then there will be the deduction round where up to 10 points can be subtracted from the film's total for whatever we determine is the low point of the movie. So without further ado, let's find out what this episode's first action film is going to be from my brother and co-host, a U.S. Air Force combat veteran of Iraq and a combat self-defense instructor, Jared Albrick, the yard sale artist, a.k.a. Death Probe. Thank you, Jason. Now, before our two films enter the video dome arena, which may or may not have spikes on it, we are thrilled to kick off this episode with special shout-outs to our Crusaders Club members. The 
These are the fine folks that have joined our crusade. They enjoy discounts from my online store, which is theyardsaleartist.com. They get early access to special long box episodes and so much more. These are the folks reaping the benefits and giving some much appreciated support to the show. And Helica Wolf. Bill Bear. Blasted or stash it. Bob Buster. Braxton Underwood. David Collins, a.k.a. Battle Wagon. Battle Wagon. The Duchess. Gene Hendricks. Gerald Green. Greg Van Leuven. I, the Collector. Ivor Evans. Jeremy L. Jim Jarman. Joe Thomas. John Watson. John and Maggie. Jose Puyo. <laughs> Mark Hatherley. Maxwell Trevor. Miranda W. All Pay Ixay. Reggie Hancock. Rick. Jeff and Rick present. Ronald Went. Ross Michaud. Ryan Daly. Samantha Maney. Sean Urbanski. Steve Cronin. Timmy. Tim Price, come on down. And the Toronto Cop Bad Boys, what you gonna do, eh? And one-time donor, Bradford William. If we miss anyone on our list, we apologize. Please keep in mind that we record these episodes well in advance of release, so if you're a recent addition, we should be adding you soon. Still no worries, just let us know we missed you by sending an email to contact at longboxcrusade.com. We'll get it straightened out. You might be asking yourself, how do I become a Crusaders Club member? I've been asking myself that question for years, Jared. Well, I have good news for you today. Great. For as little as a dollar a month, any of our listeners... None of our hosts, but any of our listeners can join the Crusaders Club. You can go patreon.com forward slash longbox crusade. That's where you're going to find us. It's a dollar a month. You missed it. Give me a dollar. I missed it. How about it? One dollar. You can get in on all the fun. You get on the voting. You get on the behind the scenes action. It's worth it. If you can do it, come check it out. If you can do it. <laughs> Well, thank you, Jared. Now let's get back to the combat and learn a bit about the film Gladiators About to Battle for Your Pleasure. This episode, I was assigned the year of 1980, and I have selected North Sea Hijack, starring Roger Moore and Anthony Perkins. What year did the randomizer select for you? Well, I got 1989, and I'm putting into our Videodome Arena Blind Fury, starring Rutger Hauer. We've got a fine matchup for this one, folks. Now, it's important to point out that this isn't Jared versus Jason. We had to select from our assigned year, so I might very well like his selection better than mine or vice versa. This is all about us discussing some beloved action films and coming to a consensus on which one is this episode's champion. Now, here's your spoiler warning. If you haven't seen Blind Fury, if you haven't seen North Sea Hijack, do so now, or we're not going to be held responsible for the spoilers that are coming your way. So we're going to give you a little musical cue. At the end of it, we're going to start the spoiling. So we'll be right back after this musical cue. Wherever you go, whatever you do, I will be right here waiting for you. Okay, welcome back. Let me jump in with some quick info on 1980s North Sea Hijack. He's a master strategist. I am telling you how to save the lives of 600 men. Demolitions expert. Get onto the diving section. Tell them I want a wetsuit and a berry gun. And he doesn't need a license to kill. Except for a slight squelch when entering the flesh. They do not make any noise. Roger Moore fights against time and terror as folks. 
Have I ever let you down? No. What's he like? Very odd. Cheers. On the other hand, I suspect that you picked the right man for the job. A wise decision, I assure you. The target. We're taking command of this ship, Captain. Nobody's going to get hurt if they do exactly what they're told. The plan. We want the British government to pay us a ransom. If anyone takes any action against us, everything goes up immediately. The mission. If I say I will get my men to the wheelhouse unobserved, I will do so. The man. Yesterday, one man completed the exercise. Today, you will all complete the exercise. Folks is fearless. There are over 600 people relying on us to save their lives. Folks is fatal. Kramer and his odious colleagues will be dead. Folks is fantastic. Three, two, one, go! If you want action, nothing will go wrong. If you want danger, now have the money here on time or the whole North Sea will be on fire. If you want adventure, everything is to go as planned. If you want excitement, you want folks. Oh my God! Roger Moore, James Mason, Anthony Perkins, Michael Parks. Folks. He doesn't need a license to kill. Here's your cast and crew. It starred Roger Moore and Anthony Perkins. It was directed by Andrew McLaughlin. And here's a synopsis. A rogue faction takes two oil platforms and a service ship hostage and holds them all for ransom against the United Kingdom. Not wanting to get the official government involved in a potentially and literally explosive situation, Her Majesty's leaders turn to a veteran commando, now civilian, R.E. Folks. Folks is a quirky but strict leader who entertains as he preps his team for insertion and then executes the plan in the film's climax. Here's your trivia. In his autobiography, Sir Roger Moore wrote that at one point, the crew tried to sedate several of the very lively cats on the set (laughs) to his character. Apparently, they got a little bit crazy on the set. And uh, yeah, secrets were afoot. No, that one bothered Jason. Doesn't like the sedated cats. Oh, man. You gotta be <laughs> kind to those cats. But hey, you know what? The cats weren't the only ones getting doped up, because that brings me to fact number two. Approximately 1,000 seasickness tablets were issued to the cast and crew members that were working on board filming scenes from the ship, the Tor Viking. Pills would be handed out every four hours. If they didn't work, an injection in the butt from the nurse was Ooh. the alternate remedy. So yeah, I mean, they did a lot of filming on ships. So yeah, the cast and crew was... It was a rough, rough go for some of them. And finally, the movie was in pre-production while Esther, Ruth, and Jennifer, which is the name of the novel that the movie is based off of, wasn't even finished yet. It wasn't even finalized. They liked the original treatment of the novel so much, they started prepping the film before the novel was even finished. That's some faith in the material right there. (laughs) There you go. There you go. And with that, let's see what Jason's got for us. All right, Jared, thanks for that. And now I will give you folks the rundown on 1989's Blind Fury. Nick Parker is quick as a snake. Strong as a bull. Not to mention blind as a bat. Nice doggy. Put your pet on, you blind! 
Yeah. Holy shit. He came for a friendly visit. Step aside, blind man. But his timing was a little off. Now, a young boy wants his guidance. Did you ever cry? The strong man is never afraid to cry. They've got him, don't they? Where's my son? He's here. He's fine. And the boy's father needs his help. Now, if you want to keep him that way... Unreasonable men make life so difficult. Shoot! The blind Zorro! If you can't handle it, get me somebody that can. Get me Bruce Lee! Bruce Lee is dead. Then get his brother! Rutger Hauer. I also do... Circumcision. Blind Fury. The cast and crew included Rutger Hauer, Terry O'Quinn, and Noble Willingham. It was directed by Philip Noyce. And the synopsis goes a little something like this. When Vietnam vet Nick Parker loses his eyesight in combat, he is befriended by a local tribe and learns to use his other senses to master the way of the sword. Twenty years later, Nick returns home to reunite with his old army buddy, Frank Devereaux, only to find that his friend has run afoul of a Reno casino owner and drug dealer. When the bad guys murder Frank's ex-wife and try to kidnap his son, Nick vows to protect the boy and reunite him with his father. It's all out mayhem as the villains learn that justice is indeed blind. And here's a couple of fun little trivia nuggets. The first one is that Blind Fury is an American adaptation of the Blind Swordsman series of movies and television series in Japan. The movie was specifically adapted from the seventh film in the series called Zatoichi Challenged. And the second little bit of trivia, the characters of Lyle and Tector Pike, the Pike brothers, were named in homage to the Wild Bunch characters Lyle and Tector Gorch from the film. And finally, although the film bombed at the box office, Siskel and Ebert both gave the film two thumbs up and really liked it. And now that we have the basics on today's contestants... Ladies and gentlemen, test your might. Uh, let's get ready to rumble. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. It's time to get to our combat rounds. A couple of things to take care of before we do that, though. First of all, let's set our barometer for scoring. Okay. Five is average. Middle of the road means it's fine. We like to say it's something you'd see on a decent made-for-TV movie. It gets you by. It's average. That's a five. Okay, so five isn't terrible. It gets the job done. So set your barometer accordingly. The second thing that has developed over the last 20-some-odd episodes of Action Film Face-Off is the game within the podcast called Match Game. Jason has not seen my scores. I have not seen his scores. There's up to 10 possible matches because we've got two films, Five rounds each. We could match up to 10 times. Place your bets, folks. How many times are we going to match? With match game and your barometer set, let's get in round one. Tiger uppercut. Round one is the story. How engaging or original is your story? And Jason, run your mouth about North Sea Hijack, sir. Yeah, I think that the story on this one was actually pretty good. At the end of the day, it was much more of a taut thriller than it was an action piece. But still, as a thriller, it was decent. There was a pretty realistic premise. I could see something like that happening even today. 
uh, in today's world. You know, the pacing was a little bit slow for an action piece, but all of the elements were there for a good thriller. And I found myself watching it and staying engaged throughout the movie. So I expect a fairly good score for me for the story for this film. Same thoughts here. You know, I picked it with a vague memory of it being a fun little Roger Moore action vehicle from the 1980. It is light on action. Okay, let's just get that out of the way up front. We're at action face off. It, it doesn't have a ton of action. It's got a pretty decent climax, but it is more of a thriller with a military orientation to it. Which, again, like you kind of said, it kind of makes it sound bad from an action film face-off point of view, but you stay engaged. It's a good story, and the characters are interesting enough to keep you moved through it. So, ups and downs, but like you said, pretty good story overall. Blind Fury. Well, for Blind Fury, I think this one was much more of an actioner flick. It kind of followed that 80s formula where you had good action beats throughout the entire story. Is also kind of a tender story about forgiveness and redemption, kind of making peace with oneself after a very violent and traumatic history. It almost kind of reminded me of the Cormac McCarthy, uh, The Road type of story, almost like a father and son, kind of the mentor and the young man and, and bringing the young man up into a tough world. So it had a, a lot of good tender moments in it, but it was also a good action piece as well. So I really enjoyed the story for this one. Agreed, sir. Agreed. This is definitely an 80s tale, if I ever saw one, but in one of the most glorious ways. Lots of levels to it. It laughed more than I thought I would. I guess I should have believed the original marketing poster. Yeah. (laughs) Jason and I noticed that the original poster for it didn't market the movie very well. It it almost looked like a goofy comedy. Rutger Howard has this real goofy smile on his face. and, And while it does have a fun element to the film, there's definitely more of an action element to it that they really didn't push until it kind of went to VHS and home video. Uh, maybe that was part of the reason it didn't do so well, even though it's a good movie. Don't I mean, that's my theory. And yeah, it almost had like a Beverly Hills Ninja vibe to it on the original movie poster. And yeah, that original movie poster did not do this film justice. And I don't think it really served to market this film very well. I agree. Well, let's score these two films. Let's go back to North Sea Hijack. And let me know what you gave it on the story on a scale of one to 10. Well, again, you know, understanding that it's not really a traditional action film as, you know, I would think of it. I still thought the story was well done and engaging. I landed on a seven for North Sea Hijack. Oh, close, but no cigar. We no match game here. I gave it a six. I liked it. I thought it was good. I thought it was a cut above your, like we said, standard TV movie fare, but not super high above what really makes the movie good to me is the characters so look for decent scores when we get to the characters but the story overall very good very serviceable but just a six for me all right fair enough all right blind fury thoughts there well again i thought this one was much more in line with what i consider an action film definitely an 80s action film you kind of had some of the gratuitous violence in there the almost stereotypical thugs at the beginning of the movie to challenge our traveling samurai. But as the movie gets deeper into the story, you find that there are a lot of layers here, which I really enjoyed. So that's a long-winded way of me saying I landed on a seven for this one as well. Match game! Oh, the first one. All right. We have our first match game. I also scored a seven. I thought the story was a little more compelling than North Sea Hijack. In fact, I considered going like eight, 
right up until I found out it was a remake of a Japanese movie. So you don't get an originality point for that, but it was well executed. So there's some more good scores to come in some future rounds here in Action Film Face. Often speaking of future rounds. Well, round two, we're going to discuss the heroes of our two films. So really, this is just how cool is the hero? How well written is the character? How well does the actor portray said character? Let's talk about it. Jared, what do you think about the hero for North Sea Hijack? Our hero is Roger Moore as Folks, and Folks is pretty cool. Roger Moore has been the standard for us in Action Film Face Off for a long time. We've always said Roger Moore in A View to a Kill is a seven. So, you know, I have to kind of think about that. Where am I going to put him? Where is he going to land? So I had to think, what's Folks versus James Bond? I know it's unfair. But it's Roger Moore, so deal with it, everybody, right? You kind of have to do that. You kind of have to do that. So Bond is cooler and tougher. I don't know. Maybe. Folks is real tough. He's real military, tough, badass kind of guy. Very much in line with Bond. Bond's more suave, debonair, charming. Folks is not charming. <laughs> okay? Not at all. And that's what makes him lovable. Is he's really quirky. He's really just his way or no way at all. Doesn't care about anybody's feelings, but he's all business and he knows right from wrong. You could really tell they were trying to say, okay, he's not playing James Bond. Roger Moore is not James Bond. I mean, they made him a straight up misogynist. He does not like women. He's very subtly not like women. No, overtly. He overtly does not like them. My man quit his club because they started letting women into the club. (laughs) That's right. Yes. There are many amusing scenes built around that, believe it or not. It's funny to watch this guy just try to exist in 1980s modern life. But anyway, his quirkiness and his oddities is what makes him charming. So I liked him a lot. Look for a good score. What do you think? Yeah, I agree. I kind of was doing the same thing you were. And I was trying to compare this Roger Moore to A View to a Kill's Roger Moore. Understanding that, you know, A View to a Kill, Roger Moore, he's a little bit past. Well, he's quite a bit past his prime at that point. But yeah, I thought this character of Fox was... Like you said, he's brilliant. Strategically, he's brilliant. He makes that comment about doing the crossword puzzle in under 10 minutes. He's arrogant as all get out. He tells that admiral and that wood minister is like, you know, one of you is going to have to sit on the floor if there's not enough seats in here. (laughs) I love that part. You know, he's telling the prime minister, hey, this is what you're going to do. And the thing of it is, is he's like so arrogant. He doesn't even think twice about doing it. He just he's just go, 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 go. It's kind of a very interesting character. Brilliant, arrogant, sexist, but heroic at the same time. So complicated, full of flaws, but very interesting. Also, it was good to see David Hedison back. I just want to say that. You throw David Hedison oh, back. You're gonna, of course. You're going to see a boost from me. <laughs> yes. I, I think I texted Jason as I was watching. I was like, oh, snap. I forgot David Hedison was in this movie. Oh, yeah. There you I was go. so excited to see him. Roger Moore, David Hedison, man. That's peanut butter and jelly of cinema right there. And you know I like the cats. So yeah, yeah, of course. Expect, expect a bump from the cats. From they me. were sedated. <laughs> Apparently, yeah. That's just cruel. Okay, we've talked about North Sea Hijack. What are your thoughts on uh, the hero from Blind Fury? Okay, Rucker Hauer is an action star that never really popped. He's always sort of relegated to B-movie status, and you and I talked offline about this. I don't know why. He's really good in this, and he's really charming and likable, and he adds more layers to the character than you might think. 
because when I think of Rucker Howard, I just kind of think of, you know, shoot him up, bam, kill him, maybe a little martial arts. But he's real funny in this. He's real charming. He can be fatherly at times. He can be cruel when he needs to be. A lot of layers, a lot of layers. And I thought his performance was great. I thought his character was clearly very interesting. And you don't want to take your eyes off him, no pun intended. It was really, really good. I was uh, surprised at how much I liked it. Because I just, again, he's always sort of thought of as B-movie. You know, oh, it's B-movie stuff. But I'm like, man, he's just really good in this. So, yeah, liked him. What about you? I agree. This was a head scratcher. And you and I were talking about this earlier today. It's just, Rucker Howard played like Roy Batty in Blade Runner. I mean, what a memorable performance that was. And it's just really unfortunate that this movie didn't, get the audience that I think it deserved. Because he does. He plays this blind swordsman with just this human dignity and humanity and compassion, but also this toughness. And you can tell, like in that scene, when they tell him, like, step aside, blind man, and he just says, no. The way he says it and the way he stands with that cane and, you know, it's just like stuff's about to go down. So, yeah, every scene has some very unique layers. There's good action scenes, but there's also just really good human moments in this thing, which I think makes a good action film even better. I also like Terry O'Quinn as uh, Frank Devereaux in the movie as well. I think he played off of Rutger Hauer excellently as the down-on-his-luck former Vietnam vet carrying a lot of guilt for abandoning Frank, you know, which led to Frank's blindness. That story I thought was really good as well. And Terry O'Quinn does a good job playing that character. So all in all, I think the hero and the assembled characters in here do an excellent job. Terry O'Quinn, he was in the Rocketeer. I think he played Howard Hughes and I think he was on Lost. I think so. Yeah, I think he played Locke on Lost. So I guess all that's left to do is score these bad boys. So let's talk about it. What are you giving the score for the hero in North Sea Hijack? North Sea Hijack's hero is Folks. In fact, some places you find the video, it's called Folks. Movie's got a lot of titles. But anyways, seven. I think that he is definitely on par with his performances as James Bond in A View to a Kill. Again, certain things I like better about Bond, but certain things that are more interesting about Folks all balances out. I give him a seven. What you got? Yeah, I'm right there with you. Seven as well. Match game. I thought that uh, definitely a different character from Bond, which I guess we shouldn't be surprised about that. I think that Roger Moore demonstrates that he has a range beyond the 007. Kind of seemed like he enjoyed getting out of that little bit of typecasting as well and stretching his legs a bit in this film. So solid seven for me as well. What about Blind Fury? What'd you think of Rucker Hauer and his crew? Really impressed. Liked it a lot. I'm going with an eight. I thought he was really good in this. I think this movie really suited him. And I wish we could have seen maybe more like a series of these. But after its unfortunate box office performance, you know, that just wasn't in the cards. But I do want to point out to the audience that this was 1989 and competition was nuts in 89. We're talking Batman, uh, Last Crusade, Ghostbusters 2. Lethal Weapon 2, new James Bond movie, License to Kill comes out. I mean, just there's so much to see at the movies and they tango and cash, Blind Fury. Uh, just so much to see. It's nuts. So I just want to say, yeah, I think Rucker Hauer was a surprising treat and I'm giving him an eight. 
Yeah, it is really unfortunate that, as I understand it, the studio had planned to do a series of films on this, very much like the Blind Swordsman series in Japan. And they were starting writing a script for a sequel. And it just, this movie didn't near make the $10 million that they spent to produce the film. So unfortunately, you know, it died on the vine. But yeah, there was a lot of potential here. It's really unfortunate. But I agree with you. None of that was Rucker Howard's fault. <laughs> he, did, he did a fantastic job. Yeah, match game again. I gave it an eight as well. I think this, yeah, this character is definitely one that deserved to have more stories to be told. Match game. We got three out of four matches already. Yep. Mm. Let's get into round three. Round three is the villain. How menacing and or entertaining is your villain? I've said it before. I'll say it again. Most often overlooked piece in action film face-off. You want to have a memorable film? Man, give me a memorable villain. Hmm. Something interesting going on, North Sea Hijack. Jason, tell me about it. Yeah, I think by something interesting, you mean Anthony Perkins. Anthony Perkins oozes slime ball in this film, but he oozes dangerous almost genius level slime ball. You can feel it right away as this film begins. It's going to be a chess match between Perkins character of uh, Kramer and Roger Moore's character of Fox. It delivers. It delivers. He has a team of villains behind him had a lot of potential. It kind of, the opening scene kind of reminded me of setting up for something like Die Hard when they take over the Esther. Yeah. Kind of have these bad guys run around with submachine guns and stuff. I was a little disappointed that, there wasn't more action that led off of that. Again, that's not Anthony Perkins' fault. He does a fantastic job. Perkins and Moore really played well off each other. And I think they had two scenes together in that film. And both of those scenes are very intense and very good performances from both actors. Yeah, Perkins was like the original, I don't like your face guy. Yeah, yeah like, <laughs> I don't know what you're about, but yeah, I, I just feel trouble coming off of you and you're going to go somewhere else. <laughs> I think he literally said, I don't like your face. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. It's like I was like a kid in the candy store. I love Anthony Perkins. I mean, everybody associates him with Psycho. You and I have a quick association with him with the black hole. He was great in that. He's just good in anything he shows up in. I've determined after watching this movie, I, this is probably the third time I've seen this movie. I'm just a Perkins fan. I think he's great. I think he's wonderful. He added, I think without him, this movie suffers greatly. I think I start to not like this movie if you don't have Perkins in there, or at least a good, compelling villain. I mean, if it had been Alan Rickman, it would have been great too. You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah, no, I know what you mean. And it's like, and I mean, this is a compliment, even though it's going to sound like it's not, but he has in this movie, and in several of the movies, that he portrays these characters that just kind of have a punchable face. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like this guy just seems like a jerk. And I bet he's, like, really nice. You know, he's really nice <laughs> in real life. But, you know, what he brings to the screen is, you know, just kind of a slime ball thing. Like, ah, oh, I just don't like this guy. Yeah, but he was good. And I'm glad they didn't skimp on the villain. I think it really what, here comes the pun, it's really what kept this movie afloat. <laughs> Okay, let's move to the villains. It's actually sort of a menagerie of villains in Blind Fury. I'll let you talk about that and give me your thoughts. Yeah, there are a lot to choose from in, in Blind Fury. Maybe too many. You can make an argument. But let's talk about Noble Willingham 
as McCready. Nobody plays a creepy rich guy better than the <laughs> If you don't know what I'm talking about, folks, he's the main bad guy in The Last Boy Scout. Very slick cowboy kind of guy, you know. You're a big trouble boy kind of, kind of, kind of guy. And I ain't going to have that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he's awesome, and he does his usual great job here. To me, though, it was Nick Cassavetes and, yeah, Rick Overton. (laughs) As the Pike brothers. Oh, Oh my God. God. Those guys. It's almost like they don't belong in the movie. Like, they are not supposed to be there, but they make it so much better. (laughs) Who pressed basement? (laughs) I was dying. That was an awesome line. Oh, so those two, I had tears in my eyes. And then who doesn't like Randall Tex Cobb as Flag? You might have known him as Sailor from uncommon valor he does a great job and then the phd resistance you bring in shokasugi as the assassin for the big uh, samurai versus blind samurai fight at the end you have a plethora of bad guys here and they all have quirks and character and i really enjoy yeah i can't add anything to that you covered them all really well totally love those brothers just so stupid but like Again, you want to make good movies, make interesting villains, and they're villains that are borderline likable <laughs> with the stupid things they do and say. I think you did mention something that the movie suffers from, though. It's like too many villains we didn't really have. And then, like, the Asian swordsman dude shows up at the end, and they didn't really build him up at all. It's like, surprise, fight this Asian dude. And I was like, okay, a little left fieldy, but all right. It was a good uh, fight, though. Yeah, it was a good fight scene, but not bad. Pretty good overall. Let's score them. So let's go back to North Sea Hijack and talk about Anthony Perkins on a scale of one to 10. You like him at eight? You know, I, again, compared it to my template of a view to a kill. Uh, is he right up there with Max Zorn and a view to a kill? Yes, Whoa. he is. Whoa. Seven. No, Max Zorn and a view to a kill is a 10. <laughs> I think your barometer might be broken. <laughs> <laughs> I'm giving him a seven. Oh, my God. This is the last episode of Action Face Off. Christopher Walken gets a 10 no matter what he's what he's in. <laughs> That's the walk-in rule. Jared follows <laughs> the walk-in rule. That's right. But you know what? When it comes to Anthony Perkins and Norsey Hijack, match game. We have just matched four in a row because I also gave him a seven. But he was really good. Really good. He really lifted the movie up. Yeah, he did. So let's go to Blind Fury and talk about the bad guys there. Scale of one to ten. You've got... I think they had a lot of very interesting bad guys and they gave them a lot of character. I had to give that one a little bit higher. I bumped it up to an eight. Ooh, no match game. I actually just put it right on par with Norsey hijack. I gave it a seven. Perkins was that really great bad guy. And the bad guy ism was just a little too spread out in blind fury for me, but I still thought it was good. In fact, I wrote down six because I was like, eh, Six across the board. And then I was like, I'm going to give it a plus one bump because those two brothers were so stupid. They were funny. <laughs> yeah, that's why I vote for gun control. <laughs> <laughs> it was so nuts. Okay, so close on that one. I got it at a seven. You got it at an eight. And that's going to do it for the villain round. So I guess I will open up round four. And round four is all about the spectacle. We're going to talk about how visually engaging the film is overall. You know, your stunts, your effects, cinematography, audio, you know, your background, music, soundtrack, score, all those things that come together to make a good film. And we'll start it off, of course, with North Sea Hijack. 
What are your thoughts on that, Jared? North Sea Hijacks Spectacle was decent, but like we said before, not enough action. Good thriller, but not enough action. And what I really felt like they left on the table was, you know, it's all about these oil platforms, which were big and and magnificent. We saw these big wide shots of them, but then they never really use them. We don't get to explore the platforms. There's no, I think you mentioned earlier, no diehard element on the platforms. All the action takes place on the Esther, which is the boat that goes between the platforms. Platforms are like cool looking, but vastly unused. On the other hand, there was some good cinematic scenery involved, like when they went to recruit folks and where he lives and all that looks nice. Again, the platforms look nice, but I just felt like they were wasted and unused. Overall, I'm kind of in the middle, which will give you a hint to my score, but we'll get to that in a minute. (laughs) So what do you got? Yeah, I was pretty underwhelmed with the spectacle, to be honest. It's not to say that it's a bad film, but like you said, we didn't get to use a lot of our sets and we had some cool potential there i'd say out of all of them probably the esther was most used which i thought kind of helped it out a little bit there's just not enough action to keep this thing moving it did though dial up a lot of tension in scenes which kept me engaged but yeah at the end of the day don't expect a real high spectacle score from me from north sea hijack all right what about blind fury what do we think of the spectacle there I would say, again, a pleasant surprise. It's clear that they put all the money, I think you said it had a $10 million budget, into the film and put it on the screen. I thought they didn't skimp on the flashback scenes. They didn't skimp on the combat scenes. They found clever ways to make the combat scenes more intriguing. Really good job holding my attention. Didn't hurt that it was the first time I'd ever seen it, by the way. I guess I should cue the music. <laughs> there you go. But I'd Didn't never seen like the yeah. time. <laughs> I'd never seen this before and I really, really enjoyed it. I liked the background music. I remember you made a comment while we were watching it because we watched this one together for this episode. And you were like, man, if you just had like a set of drums and a keyboard, like you could make an 80s soundtrack. (laughs) (laughs) I hear your commando. Um, (laughs) You got it. This was more like the. (laughs) But it was cool. It was just so cool 80s. And so I like the soundtrack. I like the visuals. Nothing looked really cheap to me. I just liked it. So, yeah. For a decent score for me. What about you? Yeah, I thought it had really decent martial arts action. Read in in my research that Rucker Howard trained for like seven weeks, getting up at 4.30 a.m. to learn how to handle the sword. You know, it showed in that, that movie. He was in great physical shape. He was able to carry off the fight scenes believably. I like the cinematography across middle America. You know, we're not really set in big city New York or Los Angeles. This action's taking place in the wheat field somewhere in the middle of Kansas somewhere. I really like that element of seeing them, the heroes, bus across, you know, what some people call flyover country. So kind of seeing some sets that you don't always get to see. I thought that was neat. And then the showdown in Reno was also really cool. Having Reno as the backdrop was a lot of fun. So, yeah, you can expect a good score from me, Blind Fury Spectacle. 
So, speaking of scores, what score are you going to give to North Sea Hijack? North Sea Hijack, I had to go back to our barometer, man. And I'm not talking License to Kill. I'm talking about our upfront show barometer, like a really good TV movie spectacle is a five. Uh And that's where I landed. I think the spectacle is five. It's a good TV movie level of spectacle. Five. This is no match game, man. I I was pretty harsh on this one. I gave it a three. Dang, dude. Now, when I think good TV movie spectacle, I'm thinking Detonator. I'm thinking Cinemax Saturday nights. Yeah, that's what I want. (laughs) That's what I want. My money's worth. Give me my Cinemax money now. So, so yeah, I was not really impressed. There wasn't anything really memorable to me about the spectacle of uh, North Sea Hijack. Woo, man. Jason's just like, oh, man. He definitely found the spikes in the video dome arena. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm about ready to fight a bear. Oh, man. Three. Ouch, kabibbles, man. All right. I'm sorry. It was not much spectacle. Man, I don't think I could give any facet of a movie with Roger Moore in it less than five. Hey, I gave him a seven for his performance. His performance was outstanding. And, you know, but the (laughs) Anthony Perkins and and Roger Moore saved this movie. I think that's fair. I think that's fair. With a a nod to David Hedison. With a nod to David Hedison. Well, of course. And the cats. We've already established. any rate okay well let's put that behind us and let's talk about blind fury what are you giving blind fury for spectacle liked it liked it a lot thought it was very solid put the money on the screen strong seven for me well we are back to match game that's where i landed as well i think this was well above average way better when i first saw this movie back in 89 than what i expected to see and like i said i hadn't seen it and you know, 30 years, 30 plus years till I watched it again for action film face off. I'm sure you remember. I was like, I don't know if this is going to hold up as well as I remember it. Yeah. Jason it, was like hedging his bets. Like, ah, I don't know. If I, was like, I remember liking this one. And I, I was like so confident in North Sea Hijack. <laughs> I love North Sea Hijack. It's a good movie. It's not good for action film face off. No, it is, oh, it's definitely a good movie. It's definitely worth it. When we level out the scores, I mean, it's still going to score fairly high. It's just not a great action film. But I'm ahead of myself. And then I will pass it back to you. All right. That must mean it's time to talk about best action scene. The disease. You know, cure. You know we pretend like best action scenes my round, but it's not because we get to hear all the clever things that Jason came up with for the action scene round. These and are getting hard, man. I, I don't know when exactly we painted Jason into this corner. Like one episode, he got I creative. Myself into this corner, yeah. Yeah, you got creative one episode, and then it just became a thing. But there's not a lot of action scenes for North Sea Hijack, so you know, lay them out for me, and then we'll pick our favorites, and then later on we'll come back and score them. In all honesty, there's really only two action scenes, and I'm using action scenes in the most, I don't know, liberal form of definition here. The first one I just called Take Over the Esther. That's all it was when the bad guys took over the Esther. And then the second one I got a little clever with, because it's the one where Roger Moore and his team go and they take out Anthony Perkins and his team of guys with their spear guns. And I called that one, uh, we've got spirit. Yes, we do. We put the spears all in you. (laughs) I should not have laughed at that, but it was funny. So stupid. It's a double entendre, dude. No, I get it. I get it. (laughs) It's like a homonym. 
It's uh, a homonym. Yeah. Okay, so I mean, let's just cut the chase. We both like the very end, right? The taking of the Esther. The retaking of the Esther. Yes. The we've got spear guns. Yes, we do. Or whatever you call it. We've got spirit, but spirit is spelled S-P-E-A-R <laughs> hyphen I-T. It's for our podcast listeners. <laughs> Just in case you were all unclear on this. <laughs> okay. Okay. I do like it. Okay. So and we're, we both like the one at the end. Yeah, clearly. So that's your main action scene. Let's move to Blind Fury. And I was able to help a little bit in the writing of some of these. So I know there's some good stuff coming. So lay it on the audience. So there's actually several here. I kind of limited it down to six, but we probably could have diced it up a little bit more. But so the first one is when he fights those uh, Hispanic guys that were just being jerks for no reason to him and that lady. And it was that scene with the hot sauce. So I just called that one hot sauce face off. I know it's not very good. They get better. Don't worry. <laughs> but I mean, I got to jump in on that real quick. Like the minute, because again, I saw this for the first time. I saw that. I was like, so these guys left the house today. It was like, we're going to be jerks to everyone we see. <laughs> they literally were. They were I mean, so they unlikable. Saw, they saw two people in that restaurant. <laughs> they were jerks like, to both of them. Like, give me a break. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, they definitely needed to have their tails whipped. And how much of a jerk do you have to be to make fun of a blind man? Blind Come on. Guy. I know, right? Oh, goodness. And then they're like, oh, a, a, a girl came in. Let's sexually harass her and steal her purse. It's like, yo, come on, just kill these guys, please. <laughs> <laughs> well, he doesn't kill them, but he beats them up. Yes. Uh, anyway, I interrupted. Proceed, sir. Proceed. Okay. So then we're going to move on to the scene in which Nick goes to Frank's ex-wife's house looking for Frank. And the police show up and the police have been bought off by the bad guys to try to abduct her son. I thought they were fake cops. I didn't realize they were paid off cops. No, they were paid off cops. They were real oh, cops. Oh, I thought they were bad guys masquerading as cops. Not that it matters to the scene. Yeah. I've interrupted again. What do you got? So the action begins with him cutting off the arm of the one cop. So I call this one short arm of the law. <laughs> good, good. Scene number three is when they're bussing across Middle America and they stop in Kansas and they get chased by the bad guys through that cornfield. And there's the fight inside the cornfield. And I called that one, If You Kill It, They Will Come. <laughs> uh, I like it. Proceed. All right. Number four. He takes the boy to the father's apartment. Father's not there, but the bad guys are. They get waylaid by the bad guys, which leads to the escape, which leads to the car chase, yada, yada, yada. Nick, the blind man, has to drive the car. I call this one, check your blind spot. And that's thanks to you. That was a good one. Good <laughs> shot. My favorite one. It's my favorite one. <laughs> I wrote that, ladies and gentlemen. You did. Blind that's guy that's all the you. car. You know, check, check your blind spot. Here you go. I had to explain it, so I guess I'm done. <laughs> So then we'll go to the fifth scene. Nick goes to rescue Frank at the Reno Casino. Frank's being held in the penthouse suite, and he has to get up there. So he starts using his hearing ability and everything to start winning a lot of money to cause a distraction. And I call that one blind luck. There's going to be a lot of blind jokes in here i think i didn't see that coming <laughs> <laughs> and finally the piece de resistance the final showdown at the ski lodge which includes the fight with the assassin 
and the assassin ends up coming to his untimely end by being electrocuted in a hot tub. So I called that one Domo Arigato. You've been a shock though. <laughs> <laughs> I had to find one better than blind spot. Didn't you? So whew, that's a lot to choose from. That's six, Jared. So did you want hot sauce face off short arm of the law? If you kill it, they will come check your blind spot, blind luck or Domo Arigato. You've been a shock though. I had a hard time picking between short arm of the law and Domo Arigato. You've been a shock though. Short arm of the law is a shorter fight scene, but it really sets the bar for what like, the wow, job. like it's abrupt and the dude gets his arm cut off. You're like, whoa, whoa, okay, this just got out of control fast, but in a fun way. But I'm going to have to land on Don't Worry, I Got There. You've been a shock dope because I really like the dance hall fight scene. And there, there's no dancing involved if you've never seen the movie. But they do it with like the, the lighting and the smoke and all that. It's really cool. So I like that visually a lot. So that's why I'm going to give it to it. Yeah, I hear what you're saying. I like Short Arm of the Law a lot as well. I mean, the previous fight scene, the hot sauce face off, that was kind of a, a kind of a fun, silly moment in which Nick kind of goofs around and starts smacking him with his walking stick and everything. But Short Arm of the Law was a deadly serious incident in which Frank's ex-wife is killed and the boy is being threatened. And that's where you see Nick go full samurai. It is like, oh, this guy is dangerous. And you're right. It set the bar. But at the end of the day, I'm with you. Had to go with Domo Arigato. You've been a shock, though. A tremendous amount of action in there. Well filmed, well executed. Ending up with the battle between the samurai assassin and, and Nick Parker. That final battle was quite good. Excellent, excellent. Let's go ahead and score them. Let's go back to North Sea Hijack. Definitely light on the action when you compare it to Blind Fury. You like the end scene where they took the Esther back. Would you like it to the tune of? Man, I gave that one a five. I thought that one by itself was an average action scene. I mean, anytime when the biggest hand-to-hand combat battle is between the hero and somebody on the hero's own team, which I still didn't quite understand how all that went down. <laughs> it was funny because the best fight is between him and a guy on his own team because the guy was like, I'll take out the guy in the orange. And that was folks. And he did not take out the he guy in the orange. Narrator. <laughs> he, he did, did not take out the guy in the orange. Did not. But you're right. It is weird that the best fisticuffs was from two guys on the same side by accident. Yeah. But you gave it a five. I did. I gave it a five. Guess what? Match game. Match game. I gave it a five, too. Like I said, I thought it was what you would expect from a good made-for-TV movie. You know, you pop on, watch it. Oh, okay. Yeah, pretty good. So, five. No sparkles, just fives. Let's go to Blind Fury. We both picked the final battle. And what'd you give it? I gave that one an eight. I thought that that was excellent. Again, I've had 30 years to cleanse my palate on this thing. I watched it recently and said, man, this thing still holds up. This is a good action scene. This is something that I think probably has gone under a lot of people's radar and folks that are fans of good action movies should give it a watch. So I'm giving it an eight. Well, I didn't have to worry about 30 years of looking back on it because I watched it for the first time. And guess what, Jason? Are we at a match game again? We are at a match game. I gave it an eight. Well, we did match up quite a bit on We these. did match up. So if you had us match gaming, 
seven times on this episode, you were correct. We had seven matches. And that's funny because I actually got a phone call after our last episode was released from a personal friend of mine who listens to the show. And he's like, I really like this episode because you and Jason didn't match as much. So sorry, Jose Pollo. Uh, we, just, <laughs> <laughs> we just matched seven times. But yeah, I gave it an eight. Great action scene. What else can we say? We like what we like, man. We like mm-hmm. what we like. Well, I guess uh, that brings us into round six, which is my round, the last round, the deduction round. Hasta la vista, baby. We're going to minus it, Jared. We're going to minus these oh. for the ridiculous. If there's anything in there that you feel was just so over the top that you got to take a point off, now is the time to do it. And we will start with Norsey Hijack. How many points are you taking off a Norsey Hijack? I do not like cats like you do. So I took a point off for every cat. And now the movie has a negative 17 <laughs> overall. So I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Did, did you include the three new cats so that he got at the end of the <laughs> Okay, movie. negative 20. I'm sorry. <laughs> No, I'm just kidding. No, I thought it was fine, even though we've kind of beaten up North Sea Hijack. Because, again, not the greatest action film, but still definitely worth your time. If you're listening to the show and you're broader than just action films, watch the movie. It's good. We beat it up enough. I, I don't see anything that was egregious, so no no deduction. Yeah, I feel the same way. And I don't want people to walk away thinking that this is a bad movie because it's not a bad movie. It's a good movie. It's just not a good action movie. So if you're kind of going into this, and you're thinking you might be seeing Die Hard on an oil platform or something like that, you're not going to see Die Hard on an oil platform. But what you will see is good performances by some great actors. And that alone is worth the price of admission. Don't believe the movie poster, which would lead me to believe I would give this movie a a 15 out of 12. Uh (laughs) Yeah. Got a great poster is all I'm saying. Now, yeah. You know what they say. Happiness is reality minus expectations. <laughs> the poster is really good. Well, let's move into Blind Fury. Are you taking any points off of Blind Fury? And if so, why? I'm quite certain that there was something in Blind Fury that was just so 80s that it was ridiculous. But I was so engaged and having so much fun. Whatever it is, I let it go. So, no, I don't have any deductions. I'm certain there was probably something that deserves it. Again, my first time through, no, I was way too entertained to find anything to deduct. What about you? I was perfectly uh, ready to deduct for that kid. You know, I just start, he's going to blow him away. (laughs) (laughs) That kid kid was a little bastard. (laughs) I did not like that kid, man. Didn't grow to like him as much as Rucker Howard's character did, but like he got better. But man, he was a jerk. Yeah. But I mean, as as a character of the film, I think he did a great job. So I had my minus one ready to throw out on the table for him, but I'm going to put it back in my pocket because I think he did a fine job. And I really don't have anything uh, negative to say about either movie that I haven't already taken out on the scores. Well, in that case, that's the end of all of our official rounds. Now, don't you worry if you haven't been keeping up with the math at home, folks. We do that for you here at Action Film Face Off and looking at the judges' scorecards. The winner of this episode of Action Film Face-Off, with a score of 74 to 59, Blind Fury. I did not see that coming. (laughs) (laughs) Well, congratulations to Blind Fury. 
Well, now it's time to head over to that randomizer and find out what the years are going to be for our next episode. So my brother Jared will be pulling a film from... Choose your destiny. Nineteen ninety-four, and I will bring a film from. Choose your destiny. Nineteen eighty-three. What will those films be? Dun, 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 dun. Okay. <laughs> not gonna tell you. Not gonna tell you, but you'll find out soon enough. <laughs> Yeah, we'll tease them on social media for those of you who want to watch before listening. And we're talking to you, Dave, or you can tune in next episode and just find out cold turkey. Well, until that time, I am Jason Weaselskull Albrecht, and you can find me on social media at Weaselskull on Twitter or Jason Albrecht on Instagram. And you can find me, Jared Albrecht, the yard sale artist, a.k.a. Death Probe. At Yard Sale Artist, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, it's all at Yard Sale Artist. And check out my YouTube channel. You can search Yard Sale Artist. You'll find me. I'm either drawing or I'm sharing some Yard Sale finds with you. And be sure to check out all the shows under the Long Box Crusade umbrella by subscribing to Long Box Crusade on iTunes, Google Play, pretty much all your big podcatchers. We're there. You can check us out directly at www.longboxcrusade.com. And of course, if you want to send us a question or comment, you can do that a few different ways. One of the most direct routes is to go to Twitter at AFFO Podcast. If you want to talk about some action film face-off, you can also hit us up at Longbox Crusade, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. So you can Longbox it anywhere. If you want to really get specific on Twitter at a- about action film face-off, just go to at AFFO Podcast. And if you want to interact with us via live chat and be entered to win some free stuff on our live raffles, we always give something away for free. Join us for our next episode of Doing It live stream over on YouTube. We do them on the second Sunday of every month. Unless it falls on a holiday, we'll bump it a week. And we always start at 3.30 p.m. Central Time. Get signed up for that by looking up Longbox Crusade on YouTube. Please subscribe to our channel. Click the bell. You get notifications for when we go live. We love to hear from you. No matter what we're doing, sometimes we do comic book trivia. Sometimes we do top five lists. Sometimes we play a game. It's hodgepodge. But what we're there to do is talk with you guys in the chat. We want you to get in the live chat. We want you asking questions because it's our opportunity to interact with you, our listeners, live. So get in there. Ask us action film questions. Ask us comic book questions, whatever you like. Man, we just like chatting with you guys. With all that said, thanks for tuning in. We appreciate you listening. And until next episode, keep your head down. And your knuckles up. The intro and outro theme to this show and all of our action film face-off shows are done by musical genius Joe November. Check out his SoundCloud at J-O-S-E-F-L-I-N-9-9. You will not regret it. She's going to blow him away! <laughs>